folks, I am Rob, here behind the scenes of An Honest Wizard, and today I thought I'd talk to you a little bit about uh, the game, Dungeons & Dragons. <clears throat> now, I have a fairly decent history with Dungeons & Dragons, I'm not going to tell you I was there from the very beginning. I wasn't, I honestly didn't start playing Dungeons & Dragons until... About 15 years after Dungeons and Dragons came out. It was still in that time for me, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, that I started playing with other people. Although I really started with uh, uh, Back Me, the basic expert companion sets. Um, never played into Master or Immortal rules, but I did Basic and Expert and Little Companion mostly running the game throughout. And quite honestly, I've also seen my share of edition wars. People uh, championing their favorite version of um, Dungeons & Dragons, as, as they do with any other game that engenders a an edition war, quote-unquote. But Honestly, I believe um, that every edition of Dungeons & Dragons that have come out have had something solid about them that no other version has had. And I do honestly believe that 5th edition has basically done a fairly good job of taking the things that are best for all of them, which the things that each one did well, and for the most part, did a pretty good job of combining them in such a way that uh, there's at least a chance of engaging anybody who's liked any previous versions of Dungeons & Dragons. Obviously, if you really think that 4th edition is the best, it's going to be hard to satisfy you with most any game. It was kind of a unique game of its own. Um, and, you know, likewise, if you loved advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the first edition, some of the things that are in third, uh, fifth edition might turn you off for the same reasons, because there's some significant changes in the approach that if you liked all the little janky corners and edges of uh, first edition of advanced Dungeons and Dragons, then that's not going to be perfectly replicated in uh, fifth edition. Not unless you do a little bit of work and make it your own. If you do that, then, you know, you can, you can still find that kind of gameplay. But typically, that isn't the kind of game that it plays because it wants to be a bit more narrative about its play style. So, um, but as far as all of that goes, like I said, I find something good in every version of it. And while I certainly have my favorites... Uh, there's not a single one of them that I wouldn't play. As a matter of fact, I was watching a video from uh, another from a YouTube creator named Puffin Forest. His real name is Ben. Seems like a pretty nice guy, and he's a a bit of a deep thinker about about games. He thinks about you know uh, game concepts and design and stuff, and and you know seems to be a pretty pretty clever guy. And he had a bunch of other YouTube creators who he roped them into a game of 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons. And they played it. 
and they graded against it because, well, it's it's a different kind of creature, and none of them had a great deal of experience with it. Most of them had none. And uh, so, yeah, all in all, that didn't go as I'm sure Ben was hoping that it would have. And as a result, um, you know, they did, they all agreed they didn't want to play it anymore. But he still enjoys that game, that game system, and it offers something for him and his group. But again, if he had, if he, you know, had been looking for, you know, open table, anybody who, who'd want to could come and play, I would have played, uh, because he's offering a game and I like playing almost, there's almost no circumstance that I would turn my nose up at a game that somebody is willing to play. Especially if there's a really good hook. As I said, 4th edition isn't my favorite edition of the game, but I would still like to play if somebody else was running it, you see. Um, and that goes for all of them, honestly. There's there's no version of, of Dungeons & Dragons that I wouldn't want to play. And a lot of the retro clones I feel the same way about. Swords and Wizardry, you know, it feels very much like the old school game with a few improvements based on modern, more modern sentiments, like optional ascending armor class and things. Um, some of the retro clones, uh, for one reason or another, I'm not as fond of. Uh, for instance, uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess, to me, seems like it's a pretty good uh take on Dungeons and Dragons um, with some definitely interesting ideas for the campaign settings and stuff. Um, it's just that many of the materials for it are uh, they're trying to evoke a certain amount of shock, disgust, horror, and so on, and, and quite honestly, that kind of turns me off. But as far as the game goes, the game seems fairly solid. And uh, properly puts it at a historical time period where, you know, there's there's not a lot of role-playing games on that time period, which makes it all that much, you know, cooler as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people have run Tolkien's uh, fantasy to death. So, you know, seeing different angles and different sides of, of history filtered through role-playing games, I think is pretty cool. Um... And yes, if somebody said, hey, would you like to play a retro clone? I would say yes. And if they said, well, we're going to do Lamentations of the Flame Princess, I wouldn't immediately go, uh, no. That's not my style. If they had a game and it was something that I found offensive, I think any player has a right to uh, not play a game that's going to offend them, especially if it goes out of its way to offend them. So I give the game the same courtesy that I would expect from any game system. Um, you know, if somebody is like, hey, we're going to play 5th uh, edition D&D, do you want in? And be like, yeah. And they say, okay, well, this the name of the adventure is called Prison Loving. And it's all about, you know, you're in prison and, you know, horrible things are going to happen to you on the inside. And I'd be like, um, that's kind of an ambush. That's not the kind of adventure that I would you know, would think that you'd be doing and, um, certainly not something that I'd want to do. So, um, I'm not real happy with the decision would be a legitimate result of this, but all the same, 
uh, I would respect the decision making of the person who offered the game and hope that they take my assent to play as you know tacit permission for them to run the game they want to play and if I am that bad of a judge of character and I put my time and uh, fun in the hands of somebody who wasn't worth it well I guess that's on me but for the most part I've never had any kind of real ambushes like that but there is one experience that I have had my general opinion of you know I'm pretty much good with anything has backfired a few times not too often but one time I'm going to relate and this wasn't Dungeons and Dragons but this might amuse you so I have uh, as friends these two brothers they're nice guys uh, the one is a really nice guy his the other brothers uh, tolerable and they're like they told me about this game they're playing and I'm always interested in hearing about local role-playing games they said they'd been playing this game for a while and that they were playing Earth Dawn. Now, Earth Dawn was original, originally came up by, I believe, FASA, and they envisioned it as the fantasy element of their Shadowrun universe. It all supposedly takes place in the same world of Earth, just a mythic age where there's magic, and it's known for having lots of strange races, and they have a different system that is not directly Dungeons & Dragons tied in. So for people who like fantasy and don't like Dungeons & Dragons for whatever reason, uh, Earth Dawn is, a, is an interesting option. I own the book, but I've never really read it and never really played it. I'm not going to call what I did on that day playing it, for reasons that will become pretty obvious. So they, I, you know, I talked to them about it. They were very excited about their game, as they should be. And they invited me to come and play. And, you know, me, I, I leapt at the opportunity to play a game that I've never played before. And I'd be doing it with some friends. And that's cool. So I went to the, I believe, the Dungeon Master's house, Game Master's house. And they had stretched out these uh, banquet tables, you know, the folding tables. And there were, I think, eight people total at this game. And one of I'm not turned off by large groups. Um, I do admit, uh, I was a little bit kind of intimidated. I didn't know any of these people, despite the fact this was in my adopted town here in, in Wisconsin. And I thought I knew most of the gamer crowd, but no, I didn't know these folks. So, outside of the, the brothers who I did know, I was kind of, you know, dealing with new kid syndrome. And I had a new game. So they floated me the book and I made up a character. I made many characters before. Earth Dawn is not particularly challenging with character creation, so that really wasn't a problem. Um... The problem was I didn't have a lot of information going in on what was going on, what what the characters were doing, uh, what the, the point of the adventure was up to this point. So what I did was I just made a fighter. I, did, I made a lizard man fighter. He had a prehensile tail that I could hold a dagger with and attack, um, which was kind of cool. Um, never really done that before with a character so I thought that was that was kind of neat um, and the character in general uh, came along just fine I didn't have any problems with the creation 
And after about an hour, hour and a half, I was listening to what the rest of the group was doing while I was making this character. And they weren't doing much, to be honest. I didn't know if they were waiting for me, but they were doing a lot of role play and um, not a lot. They did get into a fight, though. So at the end of this fight, I just missed it. I just finished my character just as the fight was wrapping up. This would prove to be very unfortunate. So, okay, they accepted my character because of the conventions of gaming. You don't, you know, somebody comes in with a new character, you don't, you know, you immediately put your, your, you trust your life to the, the hands of this new character. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, and, uh, you know, that wasn't a problem, but... When I was like, okay, so what are we doing? And they're like, well, we, uh, we're dealing with this evil force that's kind of threatening the lands. Kind of, you know, standard fare. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so we're fighting it. Yep. And I just came in as they had just gotten finished with this fight, which were some of the agents of the, the evil. And as I was going about with my newfound friends... Um, we started traveling overland and, you know, ooh, overland exploration. Nope. There wasn't a whole lot of exploration here. There was a map we followed and he just pointed out on the map where we're going. And I'm like, okay, well then this, there's not a lot of there be monsters beyond this point. The world is pretty well known. That's cool. Um, you know, no, no exploration is fine. That uh, means we can get to right to the story. So we wandered around a bit, and we came to, I believe, a city. Uh, And the players talked to a few people in the city, but there really wasn't much for me to do, because at this point I wasn't tied into the story yet. So I was just kind of watched while they did a little light role-playing. Nothing serious. But eventually they found out that there's this dungeon that they're supposed to be looking into, because in it there's a magic sword that they need to fight the darkness. Cool. Magic sword, and it's in a dungeon. All right. We get into one very light scrap along the way. Some wolves. I think I got one attack in, and that was it. But, you know, there's there's the challenge. We, 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 had, we had a scrap. Okay. So we do that. Everything goes okay. We didn't... I don't think anybody took any damage. We just pretty much killed them out of hand. The characters are all, you know, fairly experienced. So wolves, not a big deal. So yeah, uh, kind of a trivial fight. No problem. Not all fights are going to be out of the park, uh, you know, very difficult or whatnot. So we did fine. And we then proceeded to uh, go to the dungeon. Okay, hey, cool, we get to go in a dungeon. Until we found out that only one person could go in the dungeon. Was it their brand new lizard man companion? No. Was it one of the other people? Not one of my friends, but just one of the other folks? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, at least I get to hear this cool dungeon. The dungeon, I think, had all of three rooms, and there were no traps, there were no monsters. It's go in, get your get your magical sword. It's not very powerful. It's just a magic sword. 
that has the magic of being able to hurt the big bad evil guy. That's about it. Okay. So he went in and successfully got the magic sword. Because, again, he just basically walked in and grabbed it and walked out. That was the challenge there. So we finally had this magic sword. Did we then immediately go after the big bad evil guy? No, there was a, you know more walking around and doing stuff. Um, what I honestly couldn't remember. I was starting to tune out by this time. Did I forget to mention that this game was 12 hours long? It certainly felt like it. It wasn't 12 hours. It was actually like six, six and a half. But it was a long game, especially since I didn't have any stakes in it. Um, I, I think I attacked one time through this whole thing with my whole uh, short sword, short sword, dagger tail attack. That was about it. Roleplay, again, a new guy. The world really wasn't looking for another hero in this group of heroes that I suddenly found myself with. So I was a bump on the wall. And they were, they're nice folks. I mean, you know, they weren't snubbing me. But there just wasn't anything to do. And in a role-playing game, if you're not doing something, role-playing counts as something, by the way. But if you're not doing anything, it can feel tedious. Especially if you're watching other people having fun. And they seem like they were having fun, despite, again, most of them were still just sitting around not doing anything. Maybe this guy had told this, you know, great story that was a tapestry that just had to be woven together and you had to experience it to appreciate it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what to think about the whole thing, even to this day. But all I know was it was the most miserable role-playing game experience I think I've ever had. And by the time it was done, I got in my car and I got away as quickly as I could <laughs> to get out of there um, and vowed never to come back, which wasn't hard because I don't think they, they didn't really invite me back. They didn't say that I wasn't welcome back, but it was pretty clear they didn't have anything to offer and the group was already too big. So it was nice of them to have me. I mean... You know, in a group that size, you aren't necessarily looking for another person. And, you know, I've, it was very much fifth wheel syndrome. I, I wasn't needed, wasn't wanted. And, you know, my friends were like, at the end, they were like, oh, what'd you think? I'm like, I can see there's some interesting story elements, but I don't think I'll be coming back. And they're like, yeah, there's usually more action than this. I'm like, I hope so. But all that being, all that, you know, being what it is, um, you know, it taught me a little bit about making sure that I don't just have nights that are completely full of roleplay with no action. Uh, I try to avoid that whenever possible now. And, you know, it gave me this story. So it wasn't a wasted day, I'll say that. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for watching the pod or listening to the podcast. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll continue exploring the world of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons Magic with me. Stay tuned, we'll put out more as we go. So thank you, and farewell. Mm -hmm.